1: Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law and good
0: evening tiger fans or I should say good morning tiger fans right seven o'clock 11 a.m kickoff coming up here for the LSU Tigers against Arkansas it is finally game day for LSU and no I am not Christian Garrett but uh, Semper Fi as he would like to say at this moment of the show. Jeff Palermo sitting in for Christian Garrick and, of course, always joined by Herb Tyler, former LSU quarterback. Herb, how you doing this morning? Can you believe the Tigers are finally playing a game?
2: Jeff, it's been about two, uh, three months since we've seen the Tigers play. seems (laughs) like, uh, you know, it's been quite some time. And, and look, let let me say it like this. Um, It's just been one of those wacky, really crazy couple of weeks in college football, right, with all of the different either postponed games or canceled games. But here we are finally, and, you know, to, to play a, a division foe like uh, Arkansas today it's going to be great. Now, it will be an 11 o'clock kickoff game. So, I was up at about 3 this morning. I started, you know, getting prepped and ready uh, for the uh, the tailgate that we're doing this morning. And I can't wait, man. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it.
0: It was October 31st, the last time LSU played. Wow. That was against Auburn. And, and it did not go well for LSU. And um, it's kind of interesting um, when you think about it. Uh, LSU was coming off a convincing win over South Carolina, 52-24. to T.J. Finley looked so good in that game. The running game got going. The defense still had its issues, but it was still a, a good win against a, an SEC opponent. Granted, not a good one, but it, it was a nice victory after losing the prior game yeah. to Missouri. And then all of those... Good feelings, all those good emotions that LSU fans had after that win against South Carolina dissipated as the second quarter started to roll in and then into the third quarter and then the fourth quarter was just plain old ugly against the Auburn Tigers. How do you see this LSU team bouncing back? I mean, they've had this loss on their mind now for the last two weeks.
2: You know, there's so many things that that's going on right now only talk everything out and focus solely completely on Arkansas right um you know you start off defensively you get first and foremost you got to stop Felipe franks he's having a really great season in my opinion um <clears throat> he's exceeded all my expectations is what I'd say uh, and and you know on offense okay so you know you got a two true freshmen that are either one of those two are gonna start or play or play play consistently. The issue is, is can you not turn the ball over? And I think that that was, uh, you, you know, against Auburn, I think T.J. Finley saw saw something that he'd never seen before. Auburn came with all kinds of different looks, blitzes, um, you know, uh, some different coverages in the in, in in secondary. And he was, you know, he was, it was just different. He's never seen it before. So I understand that I've been in that situation before, but you still got to take care of the football. You can't have two interceptions. Um, and, and, you know, and and constantly not try to push the ball down the field. And I thought that we didn't do a good job uh, coaching-wise as far as trying to push the ball down the field and and stretch the field with our receivers against Auburn. And I'm looking forward to that this week, hopefully today, this morning, that we would try, you know, to get Terrence down the field, uh, Racy McMath, somebody just, you know, even if we can get Eric uh, Gilbert down the field, to, you know, stretch the the the, 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 the seams or whatever. And that, that's going to do a couple of things. I think it's going to open up the run game and it's going to build some confidence in TJ or Max, whoever is actually going to be playing. Cause I think, I think TJ is getting a nod today, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he will or not, but, uh, it, but it's going to help them out if they stretch the field and, and kind of not and kind of get away from the things and dunks that they were doing against Auburn. Cause Auburn just sat back and, let them throw the ball, and then they would come up and make the tackle, or, you know, they were just jumping on every little thing, so we'll see see how it goes.
0: Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator for Auburn, is one of the better defensive coordinators in the Southeastern Conference, and that was my concern going into that game, Herb, was that They got a chance to see what LSU wanted to do with T.J. Finley in that South Carolina game, and that gave them an idea. Like, South Carolina had no idea what to really expect from T.J. Finley, and it seemed like it because they played a very passive defense. They kind of just sat back. They allowed T.J. Finley to comfortably operate the offense where Auburn went after him. Now let's see how, after LSU's seen how, A defense is going to attack TJ Finley and we're anticipating him to start since Max Johnson really didn't practice at all last week because of uh, he was in quarantine. So let's now see how LSU's offense and their coaching staff, how they counter, how they game plan. Now that they've seen another defense attack them, they know what Arkansas wants to do on defense. Barry Odom's the defensive coordinator there. He's been in the SEC for a while, former head coach at Missouri and this is a game where you want to see LSU's offense and its coaching staff adjust to what led to all the issues in the Auburn game and correct those. And they've had plenty of time to do it. So it shouldn't be that big of a problem for them to make sure that TJ Finley can get comfortable in this game, just like they did when he made his first start against South Carolina.
2: Well, you know, South Carolina was going through some stuff at the time that we didn't realize was really happening as far as with the head coach. Um, and it was, you know, was pretty obvious a couple of weeks later what happened with that. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, I think I thought that was a perfect game for TJ to kind of get his feet wet a little bit, and and a uh, play against a division, you know, uh, divisional team, if you will, an S E T team that was going to give him a little bit of issues. But at the same time, I thought that he could play with those guys. Now, fast forward a week later, you know, I thought that I didn't think that Auburn. Would uh, I guess play as well as they actually did on offense, and and, and I think that was the difference. And, and you mentioned Kevin Steele, you know, a lot of I uh, hope a lot of fans don't forget that Kevin Steele was actually at LSU for one year, you know. Um, so, and I don't know how that went with him, and I, and I would assume that every time we play Auburn or he plays LSU he's going to get an opportunity to coach against him and he's going to try to do everything he can to, to make us pay for it. If you remember last year, even during our championship run where we were so great offensively and Joe Burrow was the best quarterback hands down. in in a hundred years, if you will um, the most difficult defense we played against was the Kevin Steele defense last year against Auburn. So, you know, I, I, I thought that they would be really good on defense, but I didn't think that their, their offensive output would be as good as it was um I mean, Bo Nix was having a, a, a decent gear. But I mean, but he went 18 to 24 for 300 yards and three touchdowns. No one expected Bo Nix to do that. Uh, I, you know, I, I just, I, I I know I didn't. Let me say that. Um, you know, and then at the end of the day, he also had 11 carries for 81 yards in the touchdown. That I mean, he just played. He had a great game against us and our defense just, you know, was just allowing him to, to do pretty much whatever. Now, You go to the flip side, in my opinion, and this is only my opinion, I think that, uh, you know, once again, we didn't rush the ball well against Auburn, Um, you know, Emory had nine carries, Curry had three, uh, you know, just, uh, and Ty Davis-Price only had uh, three carries as well, I mean, that's just, that's not enough, we gotta get, we gotta make something happen, now, I know, you know, in the second quarter, Auburn scored 21 points, but, In the first quarter, we got to establish something. We really have to try to establish some sort of a run game or something moving forward. So there's two things that I think that's going to help TJ today. It's going to be the run game, and it's going to be, uh, you know, trying to stretch the field a little bit with the the receivers that we have to try to get, you know, to make it seem as though, hey, we will go, you know, over the top on you, and you have to respect that so they don't sit on any of the routes. And then that's going to open up the running lanes as well.
0: This would be the game for LSU to get the – ground game established. Arkansas allowing 183 yards on the ground a game. So that should be uh, a, a signal for LSU that they really need to get the running game going and uh, that's I am think what Coach Ed Orgeron and Steve Ensminger I'm sure they, they will look to try to do that here today. We're going to take our first break on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate and Shell. Jeff Palermo along with Herb Di- Tyler. If you want to get involved in the show you can call us or text us at 504-260-1870 are you excited to see the Tigers play uh, there's been obviously a lot of dark clouds around the program as well and it just hasn't uh, it hasn't gone very well this season for the defending national chance but a chance to begin their second half of the season and get a win on the road against Arkansas we'll keep breaking down this game as we continue here on WWL WWL am FM and radio.com welcome back tiger fans jeff palermo and for christian garrick with former lsu quarterback herb tyler we're counting down to purple and gold football on the Gulf coast bank and trust tiger tailgating show if you want to get involved 504-260-1870 Herb, we talked about the lsu offense quite a bit in that opening segment let's talk about the defense it's been rough to watch so far this season you would hope here with having an extra couple of weeks of practice that maybe they figure some things out. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. Don't have too much faith. We thought maybe LSU turned a bit of a corner when they beat Vanderbilt and held them to a touchdown, but Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt, and it's it's just been plain ugly uh, since then. Uh, it was a better performance against South Carolina, and actually in the Auburn game, uh, I know it, it seems like it was – A distant memory because it was played so long ago but really the first 20 minutes lsu's defense was playing well but the big play the explosive play has just really killed them this season so far
2: man you know it's i guess literally everyone is trying to wrap their heads around what exactly is going right and and that includes the coaches um i think you know they have a, a, a obviously a great um, understanding as to what the guys can and cannot do and who, who should be starting, who shouldn't be starting, who should be coming in as a nickelback or who should be rotating and all of that. But at the end of the day, man, you you just, you just got to put a solid 11 out there and say, guys, go get them, you know? And I just, I feel like, um I feel like it's just been, uh you know, we've, we've made, I don't want to call it an excuse, but we've, We've made synopsis, synopsis that says, okay, it's a new defensive coordinator in which it is, okay? Um, it's a new scheme in which it is. Uh, you know, the guys that we recruited were for three, four guys, you know, defenses or whatever. And now we're moved to a 4-3 defense in which we did, in which we, where we are. Um, you know, and, and you know, they're young guys, right? Uh, you know, a lot of times they're out of position and they're this and they're that, but we're going to fix this. We can put them here. We can do this. At the end of the day, though, you got to have some sort of football awareness. You know, sometimes we see guys just running free and you're the safety. There's a reason why the, your position name is called safety because you have to, you know, play the very back line of the defense and be the safety so that no one gets beyond you. Sometimes you just got to, you know, go against what you think he's, you know, should do and just play the football game, right? Um, one thing we have been doing, though, we have been term, you know, getting some turnovers. We've been doing pretty well in that fashion. Um, here's what's going to be a, a, a key matchup to watch, right? It's going to be, in my opinion, and, and, and I don't know if any of the fans out there know this, but Arkansas has a, one of the, who I think is one of the top young offensive coordinators, quarterback coaches out there, which is uh, Kendall Browse. Uh, he was at he was at uh, Baylor, uh, coaching underneath his father, in which one year they were leading the nation in total offense and points. Um, and then he went to Florida Atlantic, and he worked underneath Lane Kiffin. And so now he's at he's at Arkansas, and he's the reason I believe that Felipe Franks is playing as well as he is. So that's going to be a matchup, and I think that you know uh, you know uh, Bo Pelini has to have a a good handle on this, because if not, this thing could get out of hand really quick because they're going to toss the ball around. They're going to throw the ball around. They're going to open it up. They're going to be wide open and, and, and they're going to have four or five wides. So they're going to, I mean, it's going to be a, a, a typical spread offense that you're going to see is going to come in there and it's going to be ran pretty well by Felipe Franks. So, you know, the, the, the defensive guys, we've got to put some pressure up front. You know, we've got to get in the face of Felipe Franks got to make the tackles and make the plays when it's called but mainly we got to not be out of position and, and understand whatever the schematics of that particular defense on a particular play is and, and keep the, the offense in front of us.
0: In the game against Auburn, we saw Micah Baskerville get the start against uh, instead of Damone Clark. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people thought that was the answer. I guess when I say a lot of people, I'm saying fans because uh, it seems like Damone Clark is taking the brunt of, of the criticism as far as why this defense has struggled so far, but Obviously, that wasn't a change that, that needed to be made. Uh, I, I've heard some say, Herb, it's because there wasn't spring football, so you, you couldn't institute uh, or you couldn't really get the game plan in or the scheme in. I would counter no, that, yeah. Herb, with no. the fact is that they actually had a, a much longer fall camp, and they've been yeah. kind of at it. Yeah. I mean, they, they reported back to school in middle of June, and granted that was more conditioning and then they kind of started ramping it up a little bit in the middle of July, and then there was August, and we didn't play a game until September. So I think whatever was lost in spring football was gained by this longer-than-usual, I guess, uh, off-season training program. And then the the other thing that you point out is LSU has been recruiting players to play in a 3-4 defense. Now you've moved to 4-3. You don't have the right linebackers. You don't have the right defensive linemen. Is, is Out of all that, is there something that you look at and say, yeah, that this is probably the, the the reason why they've struggled, or is it just that Bo Pelini, who uh, didn't have a good run of it at the end at Nebraska, and really it was kind of underwhelming as the head coach at Youngstown State, has the game maybe passed him by? Because when he was a dominant or a, a well-respected defensive coordinator, uh, college football was a lot different, played a lot different than it is today.
2: You bring up some great points, Jeff. I, I just, you know, I think the latter of all of them may be the pinpoint. But then again, you know, you like I said uh, a few minutes ago, I mean, at some point, look, you're right. So, okay, they did not have a spring football, um, which, you know, helps bring camaraderie, brings the kids together. Uh, they they learn Coach Pelini and and – and who he is and what he's trying to do and what he's trying to accomplish. Okay. All that's fine and dandy. You don't have that, but you get a extended fall camp. Okay. The there's, you know, two basic defenses that you can play or or four, let's call it four, right? Cover three, man, cover three zone, cover two, man, cover two zone. We can't do those. (laughs) Like we're not, we're not even, you know, we haven't mastered those two themselves. So, to me, it's it's something else that's going on, and, and I don't think it's 100% on the coaches because the players have got to do what they're supposed to do, like I said, and they have to have a, some sort of football awareness and understanding of the game and, and, and what to do and what your objective and goal is. Uh, but I think you are somewhat barking up the right tree when it comes to Bo Pelini and whether or not the game has passed him by a little bit, you know, you know, with the new offices and how things are are being ran, everything is spread out, and everybody's throwing the ball all over the place. And you know, I mean, it's just really different stuff. But but when, like you said, when Bo was uh, elite college de- defensive coordinator, I mean, Alabama was running the ball downhill, you know, mm-hmm. and so was LSU and everybody else. So things are a little bit different. But you know, once again, I, look, I, I got to put some of the onus on the players, and then I'll put some on the coaches as well. But at some point, we've got to right this ship, and hopefully this morning we can do that. We can start by this morning.
0: Yeah, you would hope so, and this is a, a game to do it against because uh, Felipe Franks has played well, 16 touchdowns to three interceptions. Yes. Uh, Traylon Burks has been uh, one of their big play wide receivers this season, 34 catches on the year with five touchdowns. Traylon Smith, he's averaging nearly six yards a carry, but it really does need to get kind of turned around today because when you look at the upcoming schedule for LSU, Herb, it's tough because they'll have to play Texas A&M. We're anticipating the Alabama game will be rescheduled for December 5th, and then you'll have Florida December 12th, and then we're thinking that Ole Miss, who obviously can put up a lot of points themselves, would be the final game of the season on December 19th. I mean, they're facing some really good offenses, Uh, Kellen Mond has, seems like maybe the light has come on for him over at Texas A&M. So if they don't get it done tonight, man, or I should say today, man, it's going to be a struggle the rest of the way.
2: So look, it's statistically in the SEC. You said, so we play, we have to play Ole Miss, Alabama, Florida, and today Arkansas. Correct. Plus you throw in Texas A&M, right? Yes. That's who we have left to play. Well, guess who are the top five offenses statistically <laughs> in <the> SEC? <laughs> starting with Ole Miss, Alabama, Florida, Arkansas, and Texas A and M. So it, even starting today, it doesn't get any better. So <laughs> here we are, and we're in the thick of it all. And we, but look, you know, we seem to think that we recruited some really good players, right? That can play football no matter what. Now we just need them to show that. We need them to show with you know you kind of alluded to the dark cloud that's going on right now a little bit it's been some rainy days over there on campus right now but we could we could let all of that go we could you know shield all that away um and then focus solely and completely on the football game today and we can make something happen as long as we play within our capabilities and our understanding of the game and i think we can do that it's just a matter of if 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 we are primed and ready to do that let's say that so it's going to be a difficult game today i'm going to tell you it's not going to be easy i don't think Felipe Franks is going to have a bad day i think he's going to he's going to want to come out and play well against LSU um and then you know i, I, I just i think Sam Pittman is one of the rising stars in 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 college football especially in the SEC i think he's done a great job with the talent that he has and uh and and, and look they're, they're going to want to protect their home they're going to want to come out of there with the win, and and I don't see, you know, it's not going to be a gimme game at all. It's not a gimme game, and, you know, we've got to really play some solid defense against these guys because they're ranked number four in the SEC right now, offensively-wise, as far as total offense.
0: And, Herb, if you believe what Coach Ed Orgeron has said, the players are ready to play this game. I mean, it could have been – it could be easy after having the magical season they had last year and then having – everything go wrong that could possibly go wrong this year. And then to take two weeks off to just become mentally disengaged with the season. There's a good portion of the fan base that has, I think, I think there are some fans and maybe you couldn't even call them fans. Maybe they're, they're, they're bandwagoners or whatever you want to call them that would say if LSU didn't play another game this season, that would be fine with me because I'm tired of watching it. Well, (laughs) That's kind. Of, I mean, that's not really good on out of your fans if if the, if that's what you're thinking. If you're a true if you're a true LSU fan, um, but based on what Coach Ed Orgeron is saying, the players are ready to play. He he talked about it on Wednesday on his coach's show. You know they they're able now Herb to kind of monitor uh, the players during practice, right? Like how fast they're running and, and so forth, like that. So so forth like that, and he said that that was uh, based on whatever data they got back as far as Tuesday's practice, that that was the best practice they've had all season when it comes to the readings of guys hustling, moving around, doing this, doing that. So I'll give the players credit because a lot of them, especially after the Auburn game, could have just said, you know what, that's it, I'm done. (laughs) This is, this is, you know, especially a guy like Terrace Marshall. Uh, I, I give yeah. a lot of credit to him, yeah. Herb, because we are seeing players opt out in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. He has nothing more to prove to the NFL scouts at this point. Nope. And he could have easily said, you know what? Uh, it's been fun, guys, but I'm going to join Jamar Chase, and I'm going to get ready for the NFL yeah. draft. And I-, I would not sit there and criticize that move at all because the guy's got he's got a lot to lose financially at this point by still playing and and let's face it in today's college football usually guys after the regular season that's it they're, they're 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 done and if this was a normal year next saturday would be the final regular season game of the year so this would be the time of the year where you you step away and you start getting ready for the NFL draft but he was the one that led a players only meeting to get the guys and, and told them to get refocus and i give him a lot of credit because out of anybody on this roster if there's a guy that just wanted to say it's been great i got a national championship uh i'm gonna be a, a potential future nfl star i think that's where i'm gonna go but he's gonna stick it out and i give him a lot of credit
2: i look literally you know i i, I was thinking the same way along the same lines that you are. I was at some point, there's going to be a news headline that comes out that says Terrence Marshall outside of 2020 season, right? Cause I agree with you. I mean, the kid has done everything that he needs to do. If you remember going into last year's season, he was the top receiver at LSU. And then he was also the first couple three or four games. He was a, the leading receiver in reception touchdowns and yards as, as well. However, when he got the injury, that's when, you know, Jamar and, and Justin kind of took off or whatever, but you can clearly see the talent of this guy. This guy's got NFL talent. He can run every route. You can put him inside or outside, meaning in the slider or at the Z or the X receiver, wherever you want to put him. And he's going to be able to do whatever he can block downfield. He's got exceptional speed. Uh, He's got great hand-eye coordination. He sees the ball very well and understands defenses very, very well. So he's definitely that. Now, look, you know, you, you were talking about how, you know, some of the guys could have checked out, you know, it's, it's weird, but you say they didn't have a spring, right but here we just had three weeks of <laughs> three weeks off of, of of being able to implement some different wrinkles or go over the fundamentals of different things now I know one of those weeks was in anticipation of of, of playing Alabama um but the other one was an off week so um you, you know you you still had some extra time there to kind of try to get some things together but. You know, at this point, I think that the guys are are chomping at the bit to get out there to to play another football game because this is almost like lead up to the first game of the season, right? When you're when you're just practicing against each other for three weeks at camp, and and all you see is is, is your teammate across from you, but. It's kind of similar to that the last few weeks. That's what they've been dealing with. So now to go out there and actually see a different color uniform across from you, it's going to be exciting for those guys. And I hope that they really can translate that to the actual field, from the practice field to the actual game.
0: Well, when we come back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show, we'll get you a scouting report on the Arkansas Razorbacks, former Razorback quarterback, Clint Storner will join us and tell us how a guy by the name of Sam Pittman, who most people didn't even know existed, (laughs) has turned this Arkansas program around. They're 3-4 and and looking to get a win today against the LSU Tigers. So stay tuned. Jeff Palermo along with former LSU quarterback Herb Tyler. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on WWL amfmradio.com and again sitting in for Christian Garrick today it's Jeff Palermo and glad you can join us here on WWL for the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show Jeff Palermo along with uh, Ellis one of Ellis who's winning his quarterbacks and Herb Tyler and we're going to talk to another quarterback now as we get you ready for today's game between the Tigers and the Razorbacks and it's former Arkansas quarterback Clint Storner he joins us here on the show Clint, of course, uh, you can catch him on uh, CST. He's on Arkansas Game Day on Cox Sports Television at 10 a.m. today, following the LSU Game Day show at 9 a.m. Clint, thanks a lot for spending a few minutes with us today. How you doing?
3: Man, I'm doing great, man. I I, I ain't heard Herb Tyler's name in a minute, man. Herb, how you doing, baby?
2: Clint, man, I'm doing wonderful, man. Look, we had some battles back in the days, huh?
3: Yes, we did. So, so, Jeff, I appreciate you more than I thought getting me on today, man. It's always good to, to share the airwaves with a with a former quarterback, and especially one that that I, I got to battle against. And, and, man, there's some fond memories of, of Herb Tyler, man. So, I hope you're doing well, and I'm glad to be on with you guys.
2: Oh, man, we're doing fine. I just got to say this before we get started, Jeff, man. I just remember... 1997, Clint throwing 80-yard bombs against us at LSU (laughs) to to Anthony Lucas and I think Eubanks, I think was the other guy's name. And and Clint was just on fire that day. I think he threw for 300, almost 400 yards. And and I don't know how we came out with the win, but it was ridiculous. But, Clint, you had a great game that game. And you always represent the number 14 well, buddy. I love it.
3: (laughs) My man, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate it, no doubt.
0: Well, let's talk about another quarterback, uh, Felipe Franks. Uh, how has Sam Pittman and the coaching staff made this guy settle in after just an up-and-down tenure at Florida? looks like a different quarterback, Clint.
3: Well, I, I mean, I, I'd love to give Coach Pittman and, and, and crew a, a lot of the credit, but, but this one here for me is, is all about Felipe Franks. I mean, you're talking about a guy that, um, that's tra- transferred into a fractured program uh, and I'm talking about fractured, not not just not winning winning ball games, but their head coach last year, uh, you know, got up in press conference situations and said that they weren't talented enough, and the program needed to recruit. so you you got a bunch of guys that have been beaten down. and And Felipe Franks walked in there uh, in, in a in a very short period of time, took over the locker room and became the, the, the legit captain and leader of that of that team and, and that's not easy to do. I, I didn't transfer but I definitely went through some tough, tough seasons before getting things on track and winning ball games. That's not that's not easy to do for anybody, much less a guy that walked in and, and, and you know in a matter of a couple of months took over the locker room. So first and foremost, man, he's done an admirable job of just leading the locker room um and, and leading a group of guys that that quite frankly were lost. And and so um, that it starts there with me. When you talk about the, the playing, um, you know, playing the quarterback position at a high level, Kendall Biles has done a hell of a job uh, with, with Felipe Franks of, of getting him some throw in the oceans, getting him to understand don't lose the game. Um, you know, just keep us in position to have a chance in the fourth quarter. And he as a quarterback has done a great job of, of, of executing that plan. I
2: mean, what do you think? What do you think Felipe's best? attribute is is it him being a leader is is it his arm strength is is his understanding of the game you know when he was at Florida I really really questioned I guess his understanding of the game now I know he has Kendall Browse now and I I, look I'm so high on Kendall Browse I I wish you know I was one of the guys that was wanting him to come to LSU at one point Um, but you know but Felipe has shown so much growth between last year and this year what do you think is the key attribute to that
3: I think so far, Herb, it's been that even keel mentality, the poise, the, the the ability to to understand the the situation, whether it's COVID nineteen, whether it's the transfer situation, uh, regardless of of what it is, you know, he he's handled it uh, just even keel, man, never too high, never too low. The the thing that I see different, he's a guy that I've never seen him at Florida. I was with the SEC Network when I and I saw him at Florida, and I said him and Kellen Mond are two guys that walked on their high school campus physically, tangibly able to throw every route on the field, and they had an advantage because of their their just physical skill set to throw the football and hurt a team with their feet. But when you when you watch, to me, when you – both of those guys – I mean, hell, I'm talking about Felipe Frank, but this is really true about both of those guys. When you watch those guys they this year, this is the first time I've seen it with both of them, they are in complete control of the football game. They're, the moment's never too big. The, the, the pressure that they're getting is, is never too much. Even in the fourth quarter, Felipe Franks, after getting beat up or having to run the football 15 times, I mean, he's even keel. He's making good decisions. He's sitting in the pocket and making big-time throws. So I, I think his poise, if I had to pick one thing, his poise in the pocket, his poise when he's carrying the football, his poise handling situations, which all great quarterbacks eventually figure out, or you're never great, Felipe Franks uh, he appears to me to have figured that out in a situation when it's probably a lot more difficult to do so at Arkansas than it ever was at Florida.
0: Talking with former Arkansas quarterback Clint Storner, what about Sam Pittman, Clint, and what he's been able to do? Right now he's the SEC coach of the year. They don't even have to play another game as far as how they've turned it around. Most people never heard of Sam Pittman until he got the Arkansas job. What qualities does he have that has led to this much improved Arkansas squad?
3: Two things for me, guys. It's it's two. It's about two things. Is in in today's college football, there's a lot of people out. There's a lot of coaches out there that are getting paid to recruit, and and I think a lot of times those guys aren't the best coaches. And Sam Pittman is one of mm-hmm. the best coaches, one of the best teachers in the game, and him becoming a head coach allowed him to hire other guys that are cut from that same cloth. And they are great coaches. They are great teachers, whether we're talking about Barry Odom or we're talking about Kendall Bryles or we're talking about Justin Steph, the receivers coach, uh, or all, any of the young guys they got on defense. They got they got as many legit coaches, legit teachers in that organization as there is in any organization out there. So, number one, he surrounded guys. He surrounded himself with a coaching staff. That that were some of the best coaches and teachers in the game. Number two, Herb, you know this, having been in a locker room. There, there's there's a few traits in in a man, in a quarterback, in a coach that that you you must have to lead a group in a locker room, right? There's there's certain traits that that it don't matter if you're black, it don't matter if you're white, it don't matter if you're from South Louisiana or you're from Wisconsin. You you mm-hmm. respond to you, and that that's this that's. That's genuine, sincere, authenticity. When, when, you, when you eat, breathe, sleep, and live genuine, sincere, and authenticity, it don't matter what color you are. It don't matter where you're from. Guys will rally around you. Guys will follow you. Guys love you. And, and that is Sam Pittman through and through. He is the most authentic dude I've ever been around. And it may not be the flashiest. It may not be the most well-spoken. It may not represent a program the way that some of these some of these guys that can get up there and really motivate and really impress on the on the podium can do. It may not be that, but dang it, that locker room re- responds to him, and, and you see it happening right now in, in, in what he's done in Arkansas, turning the program around.
2: Yeah, man. They're, look, they, they're set up and poised to have a you know a, 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 a 500 season right now. If you look at it, the, the remaining games is LSU today. Missouri next week and then uh, Alabama so with the win today a win next week I can't say that you guys will beat Alabama the last game of the season but you guys have five and five would that be considered a successful season a- a- in hog heaven shall I say
3: hell yes Herb absolutely man I mean I- I've said it from the jump the last few years that, that-, that this football team was much more talented than a two-win team or a three-win they, they they should have been the last couple of years. They should have been hovering around bowl eligibility. Now that—that's mm-hmm. six wins. Maybe some some people say it's five, but that's six wins, and that's with not a non-conference schedule. When when this schedule came out, um, if you if you'd have rolled five and five out on the table, I think I think Coach Pittman would have would have snatched it up and ran out the door. There, there's no doubt about it. Five hundred. Uh, five and five for this football team and an all sec schedule you bet that would be a big time big time year and and hog nation would absolutely be going crazy at the beginning of next year there's no doubt about it
2: and that could have easily could easily be six and four really with that game at auburn right
3: yeah it should so be her that Look, be that's correct? one of them we we look man we you know you guys know know my story with with fumbling the ball at tennessee and and there's not a worse yeah. feeling than, or I didn't think that there could be a worse feeling than outplaying a team, outplaying yeah. a really good team, feel like you got the victory and then it slips away late. You give it to them late. I didn't think it could be a worse feeling, but damn it, that 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 has to be a worse feeling of, of, of you think you got the game won and the refs just snatch it out of your hands. So yeah, six and four would sound a lot better, but but I believe when it's all said and done, Pittman will take that five and five, baby.
2: There you go.
0: Clint, thanks a lot for your time this morning. Have fun on Arkansas Game Day coming up on Cox Sports Television. We appreciate your time.
3: Thanks for having me heard, man. It was good, baby. Be safe. Be well. Oh, you guys have a
2: good one. You too, sir. Thank you.
0: Arkansas Game Day coming up on Cox Sports Television at 10 o'clock. This is the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up hour number one after
1: this.